Good morning, New Life Junior High. It is so good to see you all today. <laughs> I hope you all are doing well. Um, if you don't know me, my name is Camden Parks. I'm one of the leaders here at Junior High, so you'll usually see me here on Sunday morning serving. Um, you might be asking yourself, where on earth is Pastor Mateo? What's this guy doing up here? Um, Pastor Mateo is in the back right now, um, but he has given me the honor to teach for you guys this Sunday, which I'm so pumped about. Um, Alrighty, if, if you guys have been here the past few weeks, you'll know that we have been going through the amazing book of Hebrews. Everybody say Hebrews. Hebrews. I, I like that. It's fun. That's, that's like Pastor Mateo's rule. Everybody say whatever and you'll say it. That's really cool. <laughs> um, yeah, so we've been going through the book of Hebrews, which if you, if you read your Bible on a regular basis, I would highly recommend reading Hebrews. It's just an amazing book filled with wisdom and power and just really brings us so much closer, closer to the Lord. Um, so a, f- a few weeks ago, we went, or maybe this was last week actually, we went over how God gives rest. Everyone say, God gives rest. God gives rest. And we got to hear a wonderful sermon from, I believe, uh, Pastor Mateo and Pastor Nate, I think, um, on how God is our rest, how we as Christians are not called to be people who are just go, 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 go all the time and not receive any kind of rest. We are called to be people who uh, find our rest in the Lord, Right? Today, we're going to be, our, our God statement for today is, Jesus is the high priest. Everybody say, Jesus is the high priest. Jesus is the high priest. Now, I, I actually remember a few weeks ago, Pastor Mateo asked me if I wanted to preach this Sunday. And I was like, yeah, sure, that would be amazing. That sounds, that sounds awesome. And he was like, okay, great. You're going to be teaching on how Jesus is the high priest. And I was like, uh, I don't know what a high priest is. <laughs> that might be a little bit of a problem if I don't know what I'm going to be teaching on. But I did some work, uh, some, some research on what a high priest is, and it's, the high priest was a role that, um, a very prestigious role as, um, for the ancient Israelites um, in the Old Testament. And we're going to dive in today like, in depth on what a high priest was, why we should care about what a high priest is, and then we're going to look at how Jesus is a high priest and how he's a little bit different than um, the traditional high priest that we see in the Old Testament. So, we're going to be reading in Hebrew. If you got your Bibles, you can open up to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14 through 16. All right, Jesus, the great high priest. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly, everyone say firmly, firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize, everyone say empathize, empathize with our weakness. But we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. All right, friends, let's pray. Lord, we invite you into this space today, Lord. We thank you so much for the opportunity that it is to come together as your people, as believers and followers of you, Lord, that we get to come here to church and, and strengthen each other and learn more about you and, and discover you, Lord, discover your love. That's, it's the greatest gift that we could ever experience. Lord, I pray that, that throughout this message, if any of us are coming in here with hardened hearts, if we're feeling rough around the edges, maybe, maybe we're tired, maybe we're uh, anxious about, about the things that are going on at school or in our families, Lord. God, I pray that 
any hardened hearts in this room today would be softened, Lord. We invite you here. And, and we don't invite you, Lord, just, just to be here, just to hear the words that we have to say, Lord. We invite you because we want change. We want reform. We want you to make us whole and we want you to make us new. Lord, finally, I pray that as I'm teaching, God, that any words that come out of my mouth that are not from you would go through one ear and out the other. And I pray that any words that you do want us to hear, Lord, would like, like seeds be planted in our hearts, Lord, and that for some reason they would just stick with us and they would continue to grow and, and shape us and form us, Lord. In your name we pray, amen. Amen, amen. All righty, I have a quick question for you guys. Who here has siblings? Yeah, most of you, most of you it looks like, most of you have siblings. I have two younger siblings, actually, I'm the oldest. Anybody oldest in here? Yeah, come on, represent. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm the oldest sibling. My brother Asher, younger than me, is right over there. And then my sister Athens here somewhere. Don't know exactly where. Oh, yep, right there. There's Athens. <laughs> um, yeah, so I have two younger siblings. Love them so much. Um, and growing up, I would say that we were pretty, like, physical with each other. We like to wrestle around and play around and things like that, have more, you know, wrestling fights and things like that. So I remember there was one time when I was maybe like 10 years old or something like that. I was, we were all roughing around in my, uh, my grandma's basement, and we were having a pillow fight. Who here likes pillow fights? Yeah, I love pillow fights. So we were, you know, we were hitting each other, laughing and giggling and everything like that. And I, rem- I remember, I don't know if this happens to you guys, for those of you who have siblings, but sometimes for no reason at all, two siblings or three or whatever will just kind of gang up on one, right? For no reason at all. It's just like, oh my gosh, you know? So this happened to Asher, unfortunately, during this pillow fight. And me and Afton just kind of attacked him. And he had his back to uh, a door to a different bedroom in the basement. What we did not know is that this door was slightly cracked. We thought it was closed. And so me and Afton kind of charge Asher and slam him into this door. You know, his back hits it and just... And since the door is open, we thought he would just kind of kind of hit it, you know. But he smacks the door and boom, flings back. Just like rattles the whole house, slams, slams the door. And so he hits the ground, crumples to the floor. And me and Afton rush over to him. We're like, Ash, are you okay? We're so sorry. He was like, yeah, I'm good. So I was like, okay, Asher's all right. We'll continue playing. So I went to close the door to the bedroom, and it wouldn't close. And so I was like, oh, no, this is a problem. So I, I look behind the door, and the handle had jammed into the drywall of the door, like just made a massive hole in the drywall. And so this is like, oh, my gosh, how are we going to tell our parents about this? This is not good. So we all kind of gathered together in, in how we're going to, you know, lay this news to our parents. And we decided instead of all three of us going up and confessing, we were going to send just one of us. And that person was me. I was, the one, I was the one chosen to go tell the parents. And the, the reason that we did this is because, you know, in me being the older sibling, I might have had a little, you know, a little bit better with my words. I could lay the news a little gentler um, than maybe, maybe the other two. Um, but I was appointed to be the representative. Um, you guys might see where this is going. But my role in this story is actually kind of similar to what a high priest did in the Old Testament. A high priest, I think, I believe we have it here in Hebrews. Um, If we look at Hebrews 5, 
Is it up on the screen? Hebrews 5, 1. Yes. Okay. Every high priest is selected from among the people and is appointed to represent the people in matters related to God. That word represent is important. To offer gifts and sacrifices for sins. He is able to deal gently with those who are ignorant and going astray. Going astray. Since he himself is subject to weakness. This is why he has to offer sacrifices for his own sins as well as for the sins of the people. And no one, everyone say no one. No one takes this honor on himself, but he receives it when called by God, just as Aaron was. The high priest was a very prestigious role in the, for the ancient Jewish people. Um, it, was, it was something that they, you, weren't, you didn't say like, oh, I think I want to be a high priest. That's something I'd like. You were appointed by God, right? So um, one thing that I want to stress is that the high priest, well, we can see in the Bible that Jesus himself has so many names, right? If we just kind of off the top of our heads, we can think Jesus is called the Son of God. Jesus is called the Lamb of God. He's, called, he's also called the Son of Man. And then we get to this interesting spot where Jesus is called the high priest, right? And Jesus is a very different high priest than, than most high priests of the time. We can see that, that the, the verse says that high priests are able to deal gently with those who sin because they have sins of their own. But it's like, uh, okay, well, that doesn't really make sense because Jesus never sinned, right? He never sinned ever. But the, the reason that Jesus is a high priest is because he went through all of the sin that we ourselves have experienced, right? Jesus understands. Jesus knows what our sin is like, and he is able to deal gently with us and give us mercy and grace um, because he has already experienced all of the sin that we ourselves experience every day, right? This brings us to kind of our, one of our main ideas. We have, we have three ideas we're going through today, and that is that Jesus suffered. Everyone say, Jesus suffered. Jesus suffered. Now, as, as I was uh, preparing my sermon, I was, I was thinking about how if, if you've grown up as a Christian, this is something you hear so often, right? Jesus suffered. You know, he, he came down as a as a little child, he came down from heaven, he had to go through a normal human life, and of course, we all know, he died on a cross, right? Jesus suffered so much, so greatly. But this is something that, since we hear so often, it, can, it might feel kind of like, yeah, I already know that, I don't really need to think about that anymore. That's something that I know in my mind, and it's like, okay, got it, check, Jesus suffered. But I think that, I, I want to give a way to look at this a little bit differently today. Now, all of you guys are either in, you know, 6th, 7th, or 8th grade, right? Junior hires. Now, imagine if I was to tell you that every single one of you didn't have a choice. You had to go all the way back to preschool. That would be rough, right? It would be like, oh man, I have to go through all these grades again and I have to be with a bunch of preschoolers? Like, what? That's, I should not have to do that. But in essence, that's almost, of course, on a much smaller scale, that's similar to what Jesus had to do, right? If we think of heaven and the Son of God, similar to like being a junior higher, um, Jesus coming down and coming to be with all of us humans and living a normal human life and dying on a cross, that's actually really similar to us, like if, if we were to have to, you know, go back to preschool. If we were, ha- 
if we had to, you know, act like a preschooler, we had to be friends with all the preschoolers, we had to, you know, learn preschooler things, that's similar to what Jesus had to, that's similar to what Jesus had to do, right? Jesus suffered. He suffered so much. And I, him, him becoming a high priest is actually very closely tied to Jesus' own suffering, right? Now, I think this kind of leads us to our second idea, which is that Jesus empathizes with us. Everybody say, Jesus empathizes. He empathizes. Now, if, if we look back to verse, oh, I seem to have lost it in my Bible. Um, but if we look back to uh, Hebrews 4, verse 16, I believe, if you guys can pull that up, it says, um, I, th- I think it's back one more, actually. Yeah, verse 15. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weakness, right? This is a, such an important and such a key idea that we have a God who's able to empathize with us, right? It would be different if, if Jesus came down and, you know, he suffered on a cross and everything like that, but he didn't, he was just like, okay, I, I've gone through all the, all the suffering, I bore all the sin for you guys, so now all that sin's forgiven. But from this point on, it's like, it's kind of up to you. That wouldn't be empathy, right? I want to make a, a quick distinction here. Some versions say that Jesus, he, he's like the great sympathizer, right? But we can kind of define sympathy, you can kind of think of it this way. If you're, you know, walking down the street, you're going to school or whatever, and you see someone fall on their bike and scrape up their knee or something like that, and you're like, oh, I feel sorry for them. That's, that's a bummer. That's more like what sympathy is. But empathy, however, is more of like, more of like co-suffering with someone. It's more of compassion. It's more like experience that, experiencing that pain with them rather than looking at that pain from a distance and being like, oh, I feel sorry for that person. And Jesus is able to empathize with us because he has gone through all of the pain that we ourselves have experienced, right? He, like, for example, when he, when he was fasting for 40 days in the desert, he had to go through, he had to go through so much pain, and, and he was even tempted by the devil, right? The devil came to him, you know, with bread, and he, he tempted him with all the power and all the kingdoms in the entire world, yet he went through all of that with no sin, right? Beautiful. Now, this kind of brings us to our, our main, I want to think of it as like an invitation, right? So we've gone over what a high priest is. They're meant to represent the people of God. And in, in this time, people weren't able, individuals were not able to experience the presence of God individually, right? They had to send someone who would go into the Holy of Holies once every year. And that's where they would, you know, uh, repent for their sins in front of God, right? And we've gone over what the high priest is. We've gone over the suffering that Jesus experienced. True, true suffering, just miraculous that Jesus would take on something like that for all of us, right? And we've gone over how Jesus empathizes with us. Now, th- what, what Hebrews is inviting us into is that in light of all these things that Jesus has done, we are able to come with confidence. We're able to come boldly into the presence of God. Right? Here, let me pull this up real quick. Well, no notes, I guess. Um, so we were able to come with confidence to the throne of God. We're able to come boldly. We're able to 
experience the presence of God without having to, without having any barriers between us. One way that I, I kind of, kind of think of our sin in relation to God is like, if you, we'll pretend like Jesus is all the way over there, right? His, that's his presence, that's his holiness, that's his goodness. And we want that. But sometimes we as people can in, envision our, our sin, our shame, our guilt, our like lying, anger. Those can be like barriers between us and the Lord, right? And we can think of like, okay, I need to like hurdle all these barriers and get over all these things so that I can reach Jesus. But that's not what Hebrews is saying at all. It's saying that since Jesus was a high priest himself, since he, since he has already conquered every amount of sin, he's gone through everything that we could imagine, he, in, instead of like us having to reach Jesus, Jesus is already right in front of us, right? He's already here. He's already, he's already ready to embrace us, right? So that's my invitation, and that's, I think that's the Lord's invitation to us today, is that we can, we can approach God's throne, we can approach his goodness, his love, his mercy, his grace, without fear of being rejected, or without fear of, of feeling like we have to hurdle all these different, different things to experience the presence of the Lord. I'm going to try to pull up my notes one more time. I'm going to see if it works. That's so weird. Um, well, I think we're, we're, in a couple of minutes, we're going to go into this song called The Son of Suffering, right? Um, and as we go into this time, I'd love it if, if while, we're, while we're singing this, we can in, in sort of envision, our, envision the barriers that might be between you and the Lord, right? This can vary for all of us, right? So for some of us, it might be, it might be guilt, it might, be, it might be shame for things that we've done. It might be you get really angry with your siblings or you have trouble, you have trouble uh, respecting your parents. These can all be sort of barriers for us, right? But I think that what the Lord is inviting each of us into today is that we don't, we don't need to view those things as obstacles between us and God, right? Because he's already... He's already traversed all of those. He's already conquered every single obstacle, right? So um, if, we could all, if we could all stand up, come to our feet, and come to the front, um, I think that this is, this is a wonderful opportunity for all of us to experience the presence of God and to, and to maybe, maybe for some of us, coming into the Lord's presence and, and being with him can seem like can seem a little bit daunting, right? It can seem, it can seem a little bit like, oh, I, I feel like I need to fix myself up before I come to God. But that's not the case in any way. So again, as we, as we come to the Lord today, um, I, I would love it if, if we could all, it, just, in, just envisioning in your mind as we, as we pray and as we sing of the Lord's suffering, as we sing your cross, my freedom, as we sing hallelujah to the son of suffering, envisioning the Lord being right in front of us, being right here, ready for us. Something that I love about the book of Hebrews is that the author constantly uses the word today. Today we can approach the Lord. Today we're able to conquer the obstacles that are in front of us because Jesus is right there waiting for us. So as we go into this time of worship, let's, let's envision that together. Let's envision the Lord standing right in front of us and saying, I'm ready to embrace you. I'm ready for you to experience wholeness. 
because I've already gone through so much. I've, I've conquered all of it so that you can be right here, so that you can be made whole today. I think that's the, Lord, the Lord's invitation to us today, friends. So let us all bear that in mind as we worship.